What's going on, everybody? Welcome back for episode 19 of Hit the Books Podcast. We're excited to bring you the wild card games this week. We got a great slate, two games on Saturday, three on Sunday, one on Monday. Really excited to bring you all the details. Let's pass it over to Huff. Huff, how's it going? Everything's going pretty good. Um, excited to get into week. Well, I almost said week 19, episode 19, wild card weekend. Um, big week this week for the NFL. Love the NFL playoffs. So, um, not as many games to talk about, but we're going to break down these six games for you and see what we can do. Hopefully, we can make some money for sure. Uh, give out some picks, you know, the whole nine yards. So, I'll toss it over to Mackie before we get going. What's going on, boys? Playoffs, best time of the year. That's what we're all here for. Here to break down the games for the weekend. Uh, let's get going. Awesome. Let's move forward. You guys ready to jump into these games? Yeah, let's do it. Alrighty, I got some trends to set us off for this week for these wildcard games. QBs making their first playoff start versus a quarterback who is not are 16 and 31 straight up and 14, 32 and one against the spread since 2002. So we have Baker Mayfield who won last year to go against that trend. Uh, we got Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray that all fit that stat this week. Derek Carr and Joe Burrow playing each other this week. Another interesting matchup going on there. What do you guys think about that one? Yeah, we'll start out with that one. We got the Cincinnati Bengals at home. It's a five-and-a-half-point favorite against the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders plus 188 on the money line. Bengals minus 225 on the money line. And the over-under set at 48-and-a-half. You know, coming into this game, I feel like there's going to be a lot of money on Cincinnati with the points here. Uh, for good reason, I would say. They've been a very hot team all year. Losing their last game of the season to the Browns, not really playing anyone. Despite that, they were on a three-game win streak. They lost that game in overtime to the 49ers, and uh, I don't even know what week that was, on December 12th. So the Raiders, definitely one of the hottest teams coming into the wild or into the playoffs right now, wild-card weekend. Four-game win streak, crazy overtime win against the, the Chargers. Didn't even need to win it, but for my Pittsburgh Steelers' sake, I'm very glad they did. So I don't know. I think Burrow is able to – Burrow and Chase are able to cook things up and get the get the win out. Uh, Mackey, you kind of swayed me. I don't know if I'm loving that minus five and a half as much. I really would like him around three and a half or uh, even a field goal, but um, I don't know. But also, I'd, I'd like the Raiders maybe. That five and a half is such a weird spread for me, but if somehow this game goes overtime, you went you could cover on a touchdown that whole nine yards, but. I don't know. I'm definitely looking at a lot of player props in this game. Mac, you want to give me your two cents and maybe we can see what we can work up? Yeah, I mean, this is a this is probably one of the hottest teams in the NFL coming into playoffs right now in the Raiders. They're on a four-game winning streak. Everything's going their way. Coming off a huge win against the Chargers. You know, Derek Hart just has momentum right now. He's getting things done. He's playing good football. That being said, I don't think they end up winning this game. I think that they get an early lead and they hold on, hold on to it for a little. But I think Joe Burrow comes out in the second half and torches this defense. I I think that they'll still they'll they'll cover the five and a half points. But Raiders are definitely going to come out and struggle in the second half. And uh, I think the Bengals will put it away. Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm already looking at it. I love that the props are already out for the the playoffs this weekend. Usually I can't sit down and talk all the props with the odds, but um. Like you said, I think the Bengals at the with the home field advantage. I think the Raiders are really riding high right now. 
um, beating teams like the Chargers, not a playoff team, the Colts, not a playoff team, the Broncos, not a playoff team, and the Browns, not a playoff team, all in the past four weeks. Uh, they're going to get a heavy dose of the Cincinnati Bengals and a lot of Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon this week. In Cincinnati, it's a tough place to play. Shitty stadium, but a tough place to play. Those fans, they'll, they'll, they'll let you hear it for sure. So They're passionate. They haven't been here in a while. Exactly. They, and last time they were, we had Juju standing over Vontez Burfecht, But So, that, that being said, I do like the Bengals. I'm interested to see which way this line starts to move as the money goes, but I think a lot of people are going to have money on the uh, Cincinnati spread here. Yeah, we'll we'll probably see some line movement as well. Um, I think I think the public's already on the Bengals side. I think it's already moving that that way. So I think we'll see some line live line movement here. Yeah, both of the spreads right now sitting at minus one ten. Um, as far as the over under goes, just for sake of conversation, I can see this over hitting. Um. I actually think this will be a high-scoring game. Like you said, Raiders might come out and get an early lead. And um, the Raiders, they play a very simple defense. And for good quarterbacks like Joe Burrow, um, Jamar Chase, it's receiver, I think they're able to exploit their um, kind of disadvantages on the defensive side of the ball. But that being said, you know they're still going to have to worry about the, the young pass rusher, Max Crosby, coming at Joe Burrow. But... The Bengals, I've been shitting on their defense all year. The, the Raiders, this is a very offensive game with two average defenses. I really like over 48.5. I could see the Bengals winning this game about 31-24. to 24. So You just don't know what to expect. You got these two quarterbacks in their first playoff game. I mean, it's a whole different environment when you get into the playoffs. You don't know. I really don't know how Joe Burrow's going to come out and play. I'm, I'm not really expecting much out of him in the first half. I just think yeah. it's going to be slow. It's going to be a lot for him. Pressure is going to be harder, and you know the intensity is just a lot, a lot crazier in playoff games. Yeah, definitely, and for good reason. You know, these teams wait all season. Some of them haven't been there in a couple years. For these two teams, Raiders not being there since 2016, and I'm not too sure the last time the Bengals made the playoffs it might have been 2017. So, definitely two fan bases that have been waiting to get back. Wild card weekend. Uh, the Bengals winning their division, that was big for them uh, to get the home field advantage for the first playoff game. Yeah, give me Bengals. I'll take the points as far as five and a half. I am kind of talking myself into it with you know, my score prediction, things like that. But I do like this over as well. I don't know if I'm going to necessarily be picking this over, but I like that over 48 and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go against you on that spread. I'm going to take the Raiders plus five and a half, but Bengals outright winner. Great stuff there. I got some other trends for this game. Overall for the week, actually, I have another one. Unders are cashing at a 65% in wildcard games since 2010. And I think Vegas knows that with some of these games. I feel like some of them might be a little low. If we know it, they know it. Exactly. For this game, I have Bengals are 0-8 straight up, 0-7-1 against the spread in playoff games since January of 91, so obviously not making the playoffs very much. Raiders have not won as a playoff dog since winning Super Bowl 28 in 1984. Some extremely long time stats there, trends. But yeah. this is basically their brand new game. Exactly. Brand new stats. Yeah, just a couple of the little props that I'm eyeing right off the bat is I love Jamar Chase anytime touchdown, minus 105. He's been very heavy all season with a heavier minus going down and down, but 
Um, I know coming into this game, you know, the game plan is going to be stop Jamar Chase, but it's easier said than done. We'll see what the Raiders can do if they have to double him sometimes. You know, we'll see if Burrow can exploit him whenever he gets the single coverage on him to the outside. I see a big play just like he had last, uh, not last week, two weeks ago against the Chiefs. Yeah, I like the minus 105 on the prop. Uh, as far as the passing prop set for these two quarterbacks, Mackie, I kind of want your little insight on this. Burrow set at 268.5 over under, and Derek Carr, 257.5. So do you see either of these quarterbacks going over that number? I can, I can see Burrow going over that number. Bur- Burrow throws the ball a lot. He throws the ball downfield a lot. His, mm-hmm. He doesn't really – he needs 25 completions to do that. So, yeah, I would, I would definitely um, put money on that, Joe Burrow, over. I don't know about the um, car. I don't know about car going over. The thing about the Raiders is their offense can be so reliant on Josh Jacobs and his success. Last week, we obviously all liked the Raiders. You two put it on your card. I did not, but either way, it was a hit for all of us. So another play I had in that game was a Josh Jacobs anytime touchdown. I actually, weirdly enough, was trying to parlay Eckler and Jacobs anytime touchdown scores together. Was plus two hundred. I loved it, and for some reason MGM wouldn't accept the bet, so I just ended up going with Jacob solo. But obviously, we know Eckler got two. But I mean, I'm not going to be mad about a hit, but um, would have been a little more units coming my would've way. Been nice to get, yeah, would have been a nice to get that. Yeah, right. instead of a minus, I think I got him at minus one fifteen anytime. But still, not going to complain. A couple other ones that I'm going to look at. Why don't we go right to the running backs? The rushing props are for Joe Mixon. It's going to be set at 74.5 and, and Josh Jacobs 60.5. Josh Jacobs goes over 60.5 yards in this game. That's exactly I what I'm thinking. I don't, I, don't see him, I, I don't see him going under in any way in this game. They're going to hand they're him the ball. They're going, they're going to rely on him a lot. They're going to run the ball a lot this game. So you're going to rely on the run game to bring you to victory. He's going to have over 60 yards. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, What's the Hunter Renfro anytime touchdown score? Uh, Plus 175, Hunter Renfro. Anytime. I like that. I think that's good value on that. Right off the bat, just another one I'm looking at. You know, everyone knows the the Raiders, big name tight end. He's kind of had some ups and down season or up and down games this year with the injury he was dealing with, but. Waller just sitting right there with Hunter Renfro right above him at plus 185. That's another one. You know he looks at him. I've watched Raider games where he throws the ball to him nine out of ten times when they drop back to pass. But, you know, he could be could be feeling a little bit of that injury left over from whenever. I think it was his ankle or something that was messed up. But you know, the, big, the big boy, I like his chances to get in. But can't go wrong with the consistent receiver out of Clemson, Hunter Renfro. He's been catching them left and right. First touchdown last Sunday for him in the Chargers game. But I think you're safe with I, – I would definitely consider Chase, Renfro, or Waller if you like any, any of them straight. Yeah, I agree. I think Waller also has good odds in um, him getting in the end zone. I, I do like my boy Jacobs too, but because just because they use him so heavy when they get down to the goal line. But the thing is, is if he doesn't get in on first or second down, you know it's going to Waller or Renfro on third. Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll cover one last thing on on the the games. We might as well touch with the receiving props, talking the passing and rushing. So, Jamar Chase, 
the the big name Jamar Chase going to be set at 70 and a half yards, Renfro 54 and a half. T Higgins, the he's had a very nice second half of the uh season filling in is that receiving trio for the Cincinnati Bengals has been you know elite all season, potentially the rookie of the year and um at this point of his career, a veteran Tyler Boyd, he's been very consistent throughout his whole career despite all the inconsistency he's had at the quarterback position he's been able to keep his numbers up uh playing on a you know a team that hasn't been very good until this season losing burrow last year to the acl injury um boyd set at 42 and a half t higgins and jamar chase are both set at 70 and a half and as far as for the raiders renfro 54 and a half zay jones 40 and a half and then each of the running backs are basically set at 19 and 18 and a half a lot of value in a, lot, in a few of those plays. Yeah. None really standing right out to me. I think obviously the big one is Jamar Chase to get maybe. I'm surprised he's not set around like 79, but I think if he goes over this, I don't think he goes just over. I think he gets like 100 yards or he has kind of a shitty day and the Raiders are able to figure him out. I think Jamar Chase can definitely go well over 100 yards this game. Yeah. But, we'll um, see. Yeah, um, we, you know, I de- I think we're in agreement that the Bengals win this game. As far as the line movement, I don't know if I'll be taking the five and a half with the Bengals on my card, but um, I definitely like the Bengals to win this thing. So um, stay tuned for what actually ends up on the picks. Really looking forward to that game. It's going to be a great game. Let's move forward to our Saturday Night game, 8-15, New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills coming into this game favored at minus 4, the money line at minus 205, and the the over-under at 44. Buffalo is 13-3 straight up in its last 16 at home, and and 4-1 straight up in its last 5. What do you guys think about this one? I think this comes down to a last-second field goal or even an overtime. These two teams know each other, they they game plan for each other. This is going to be a really good game. You know Bill Belichick is not going to go down easy. Going into Buffalo, yeah, you got a you got a tough game going there, you know. Got that fan base, got that cold. It's a tough place to go and win a game on the road in the playoffs, but um I think this is going to be a really good game. I think Mac Jones is going to play his ass off like he's been playing all year and I think Patriots cover 4 points, maybe even money line. I really like the Patriots here. Yeah, Patriots. I'm I'm leaning more towards that Patriots plus four here as well. The money line is kind of a little shaky. I like giving. I'm going to give them the points probably. Like you said, just in case the the home field comes in to get into play with this and Buffalo no, yeah, able to win this thing points. by a field goal. So Patriots had a shaky last couple weeks of the season. Uh, only going two and uh, two and three in their last five. So beating the Bills, losing to the Bills once. And then they obviously lost that game to the Colts on the road. They slaughtered the Jaguars. And then everyone knows what happens to the Patriots at Miami in the last week of the season every year. Yeah, they can never figure it out. Um, but you look at the other side, the Bills coming into the playoffs on a four-game win streak, not really beating too many good teams other than at New England, uh, Carolina, Atlanta, and the Jets. So, But... What's been kind of impressive to me is Buffalo's defense through that time. Despite playing a shitty team, it's really easy to kind of let your foot off the gas on offense and kind of hope your defense can just get off the field, that kind of thing. But 
Um, they're only giving up 10 points, 15 points, 21 points to the Patriots, and 14 points to Carolina. So I think the home field's going to have a big play. It's going to be around two degrees, as we know both of these teams are very familiar with playing in the cold. But, um, you know, rookie quarterback in the playoffs, we'll have to see what he can do. He has the best coach in history behind him talking in his ear. So I think it's a little different situation than uh, the previous game where we have the the quarterbacks making their first playoff starts as more of a veteran in Derek Carr and a second-year player that got injured last year in Burrow. But um, could be interesting game for Mac Jones to see what he has to do here to get this win for the Patriots or even cover four. Yeah, we're going to see a real big defensive battle in this game with, you know, two defensive powerhouses here. Bills last week gave up 10 points, but it was uh, really only three. That that It was a broken play, the touchdown. It was a 40-yard touchdown. It just got behind the defense, but that defense has just been so locked down, winning them games left and right. It's interesting to me about this game, um, looking at the touchdown score props, like you said, I think this could be a very low-scoring game as well. Uh, I think FanDuel kind of agrees with that. Every anytime touchdown score is plus money. Um, the favorite, the betting favorite being um, Devin Singletary plus 105. So, but it's, it's just crazy to me to see no minuses, especially a guy like Stephon Diggs. Yeah, what's Stephon Diggs? Plus 130. Wow, that's crazy that there's not one person that's plus money. Being them all plus. Um, I think I, this could be a field goal game. Not saying it is resulted in a field goal like I think that. I'm saying I think we could see this is a battle of the kickers, kind of that kind of thing. The wind could come into play, low-scoring game. It could be, you know, like 22 to, I don't even know, 15. Like we only see one touchdown, something like that, something weird. This can be a weird, not a weird game, but low-scoring for sure. And, um I don't know. I do like giving the Patriots the points despite Mac being a rookie. Yeah, I don't think um I don't think his rookie him being a rookie is really coming to affect them that much this year. I think he's played as a, like a veteran Bill Belichick as a, as a head coach, you know, it's real simple and all you got to do is just pay attention. Have a he's high shown IQ. The, he's shown he has shown the rookie moments um especially during these last 5, I would say. Um, you know, last week they had everything clinched going into that game at Miami, but I more specifically want to talk about that huge road game going to Indianapolis. And obviously, everyone knows Indianapolis isn't a playoff team this year, but they they were they were on the brink. They were they yeah. were a playoff team that didn't make the playoffs. Exactly, and in with, my opinion, with that elite offense, I mean, him throwing that huge interception before the end of the second or before the end of the first quarter or first half. Sorry, but um, that that's another. P- interception that allowed the Colts to go down and get points and then the Patriots get the ball at the half he throws a pick on the second down of the first drive of the second half so he has shown his signs but like I said if if you can tell me out of a rookie quarterback you can really only pinpoint three games out of 17 that he's going to struggle I think everyone would take that quarterback um, for their team so um, but like you said, that's kind of part into play with the coaches barking in his ear all the time. Uh, one of the best to ever do it, if not the best to ever do it. So you know what he does in the playoffs, especially against a team that he gets to see twice a year. He knows Buffalo. He knows Josh Allen at this point, what he likes to do. 
So I, in this kind of game, I, if Buffalo wants to win this game, they have to. Josh Allen has to ball out. He has to have one of the best games of his career with, like you said, the Patriots defense being so elite. Um, despite being such a, a gunslinging quarterback that likes to throw it all around the field, he's only set at 243.5 on the over-under for passing yards. Mac Jones being set at 204.5. Um, I can see the Patriots running the ball a lot in this game to Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, and and Bolden. So that, that trio of running backs they have, there's definitely the one in Harris that – the, like I always say, that Alabama connection between him and his quarterback. But um, like I said, if Josh Allen and the Bills want to win this thing, I think it is most dependent on Josh Allen's success early on in this game in the first half, early on in the second half. So, Because if the Patriots get a lead by maybe a possession or t- maybe even 10 points, I don't see Buffalo really coming back and winning this thing. Yeah, I mean – like you said, the uh, Mac Jones passing yards is like what two hundred five and a half. Two hundred four, yeah. I don't think he comes even close to that. I think I don't think he does either. I think Bill knows that the first the first game that they played, they they won fourteen ten. Mac Jones was two for three passing for nineteen yards. Yeah. And I think you Bill Bill taking me under that day. Holy shit! Yeah, it'd be like I had. Like, yeah, it was 14, it was super low score. It wasn't as crazy low scoring as it should have been for a stat line no, like it, that. It was fourteen ten. Yeah, like just like a normal, you know what I mean? It looked like a halftime score. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's like I'm I'm glad we can agree on that. That's kind of why I led until I see the Patriots running the ball with those three running backs, Stevenson down near the goal line as well as Harris. And they like to get the ball to Bolden on the, the occasional second down. So, um, I mean, this game is just going to come down to third down conversions and who can convert more. I mean, when you have a Patriots team – like this, like going going up against the Bills, it just comes down to if they convert on third down, and if Mac Jones can convert on third down, then, then the Patriots are going to win this game. Yeah, because it's going to be a, you don't know how many third and fours, third and fives they're going to have, where either it's going to be a play action pass, and Mac Jones has to either dump it off and make a nice pass, or he's going to have to like find a read option or something. I don't, but they're they're going to have to convert on third down to win the, to win this game. Yeah, I could definitely agree with all that. So, um, as far as if you had to pick a favorite to any time touchdown score for this game, who you like and name name the player, and I'll let you know their odds because it's more interesting that you don't see the number. So, uh, you might be saying that person's odds are way too high or way too low. I mean, you already said it, but it, honestly, Devin Singletary is obviously most likely to get in the end zone. I don't know who else. One I like, I'll tell you. I can. I won't tell you the odds, but I'm liking Dawson Knox for. Uh, you know. You know. Josh Allen looks at him almost every play. A lot. A lot of yeah, these. Yeah, you got a goal, lot of these... goal line a little, a little flip, like like flipping the ball, flipping yeah, the ball. Yeah, little, little two yards, little go catch and go or block and go for the tight end. Um, I think I think there's value in Dawson Knox plus two forty anytime. That's not a bad pick. But like we said. It's t- it's it's so tough to take the like in this situation if we were to take the Patriots spread and then need Dawson Knox to score a touchdown. Yeah, I, I mean just, you're, I hate you're, you're both just, ways. Yeah, you're kinda of betting against yourself there. You, At that point, yeah. I'm if only one hits, I'd rather Dawson Knox score a touchdown. Well, yeah, more value in it. Yeah, way more way more return getting the two and a half units back. I just think it's gonna be a real low scoring game. It's like the yeah. first one's gonna be cold. Maybe even snowing. 
both court, both running backs, both Singletary and Harris. Um, rushing props: Singletary fifty nine and a half, Damian Harris sixty and a half. So a yard separating their totals. I could see I could see both of these guys going. Not as much Singletary, but I can see Harris, Damian Harris going over sixty and a half. Yeah, I definitely he should definitely hit that over with that much. They should be running the ball this game. The the thing with the Bills is they really only run the ball when they need to. Like they're such a, they have such a dominant quarterback when he wants to be and when he's on his game that at fifty nine and a half I could see it's like like I always say it's either gonna be way under or just over. There's no way he crushes that over at like eighty to a hundred yards. I think you're looking at maybe sixty five yards for Singletary if he goes over. Maybe even sixty to sixty five just to make you sweat that fifty nine and a half. But if he goes under, I could see him only having like forty something yards. Yeah, I could definitely see a slow game by him. I could also He's I, not I a don't dominant have... running back in any sake of the word. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, no not at all. He's like get three yards or he's a he's more of like a catching run he he screens and shit. Yeah, especially with a quarterback you got that can get you the ball out of the backfield. He likes he likes those little the wheel route and the and like yeah. you said, the screen. So I don't expect a big game from Singletary on the ground, but as far as Damian Harris, I like that sixty and a half going over. Thing that's tough with the Patriots, like I said, they use Stevenson, they use Boston or Bolden, but it's just really any of those guys can go down, maybe roll an ankle and you might not see him the rest of the game. Yeah, you never know. Just tough taking a, a prop on a team that has such a plethora of running backs they can put in. And I'm not saying Harris is elite, but uh, like I keep saying, now that connection, you just feel like he gets the ball a lot more than um, the other guys. Stevenson. I think he's clearly the number one back on that team. Uh, yeah, he, for he sure. But, touches, um, best situation. Steven, when Stevenson gets down near the goal line, they love to go to him. Just the, the extra weight on him, you know. The bigger backs, a little hard to tackle. We see that with yeah. AJ Dillon up in Green Bay. It's just not as skilled of a player, obviously, with with Stevenson. But that's no knock to him. He's had his success this season. But we saw what he could do after Damian Harris broke that long run in that Patriots Bills game. Uh, people forget Damian Harris didn't play much in that game. He, I think, he left the game in the first quarter, and it really came down to Stevenson. He was the one that ran the ball twenty nine times in a row, or whatever it was. So. It was him and Bolden going back and forth, so showing that he's able to get it done and able to still get the win. Yeah, this Patriots team has a lot of um, a lot of confidence in their running backs with all three of them. Yeah, for sure. They have to with that with that um, playbook. But I do like I like I think we're both in agreement on the Patriots plus four. If you like them, take the money line, but I'm giving them the points. And as far as the over under on the forty four, it's a tough over under, but. For sake of the conversation, I'm going to go under. It's nice when we agree. It is. You like to, what, do you th- what do you think on the over-under, just for a pick? Not to necessarily Yeah, take, I mean, but... I'm, not, I'm, I'm definitely not room for points here. I don't think it's, I'd definitely go under, but I'm probably not going to touch it. I don't like touching over-unders. Yeah, especially in playoffs. Um, you never know what you're going to get, especially exactly. in playoffs. Rookie quarterback. But I do like if if you're if you're a over under guy, I'd lean more towards this under. I think this could be a very defensive battle with a lot of running the ball and the clock mover. Yeah, maybe a three nothing score at half. Yeah, you never know. 
I myself, I think Patriots plus four is solid. Not a bad pick at all. I'm excited to see what Mac Jones and Josh Allen can do. But I kind of agree, Mackie. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Tough for these two quarterbacks to get points. I think it's going to be a kicker's game, like you said. Good stuff. Moving forward, we have the first Sunday 1 o'clock game, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers coming in favorited at minus 8.5, the money line at minus 370, and the over-under at 46. The Eagles are 3-14 and 14 straight up in their last 17 games when playing as the underdog. 5-1 and one against the spread in their past six playoff games. The Bucs are 10-2 and two against the spread in their last 12 at home and have won seven straight in January. Yeah, I think with the ob- I think it's obvious what the clear pick should be here. But you never you you, know, you never know with um Tom Brady going against Philadelphia. We, we know how that worked out in 2018. So it's also the playoffs. You, weirder things have happened. What do you think here, Huff? I think like we said, a lot of the money being on Cincinnati. I think back to the last game, something we didn't say about the last game. I think a lot of people are going to have a lot of money on the Bills, and I can see this line going deeper for Buffalo as well as this game. It's already looking like we're going to see a minus nine in the next couple days for the Bucks, but no one thought Philly would be here. So um, who's to say they can't? You know, they're, like we always say, they're professional athletes too. Um, this game being in Tampa Bay definitely helps Tampa Bay. I think I saw they're getting Levante David back. That's a huge boost for this defense going into the playoffs. Um, but at eight and a half is a tough number. If it goes maybe double digits, I think Philly can somewhat keep it close, but I don't know. At eight and a half, I'll probably take the Bucks. but I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles cover this game. I really wouldn't. They're not going to win the game, but I wouldn't be surprised if they cover it. Yeah, I feel like the Eagles can definitely backdoor get like a touchdown a, with like a, a minute left. Shot, and a deep shot touchdown that doesn't matter. Yeah, lose this game by eight points. But um, yeah. I don't know. This Tampa team, they're a little banged up. But even on their worst day, they're still better than this Eagles team. You got Tom Brady. You got Gronk. You got Leonard Fournette's back, isn't he? No, he's yeah. out. He's yeah, out. I thought play, they said playoff Lenny could be back. Could Is he? Be back. Okay, well. I guarantee you know, Godwin's out for the, the question mark. Yeah, you got Evans. Godwin's out for the season, but um, I don't know. I I can't see I can't see this team losing or even struggling in, in this game. Yeah, I mean, Mackie, I was I went back and listened to our first episode this year, and you had a take on Jalen Hurts. You said you have faith in him at the beginning of the year, so I'll give you props for that week one. You didn't. I don't know if you said they were going to make the playoffs, but. You definitely said you had faith in Jalen Hurts, and coming into this game where your back's against the wall, you're going up against the defending Super Bowl champions. If they can get any sort of a lead, I'm not going to say the Bucs have no chance of coming out and covering this game, but we've seen what these what the Buccaneers have done the past couple weeks in the first half, kind of playing very lackadaisical offensively in the defense, giving up early points. But as far as the spread, it's a tough number. I'm leaning more towards Bucks maybe in a parlay kind of thing, money line, just that 370 has no value straight up. But another thing I like is I think this game is a high-scoring game over 46, so uh, not necessarily a pick, but more for the conversation side of things. I think the Eagles are able to get around 17 points and um, see what the Bucks can do with the rest of it, maybe around 30, and I know that means the Bucks would cover, but 
I think the Eagles are able to get around 17 to 21 points. Yeah, I really don't think the Eagles have a tough time scoring this game. I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem is this Eagles defense and Eagles how, defense stop how much time. pressure, how much pressure this Tom, uh, Tom Brady is going to give them. He's just going to absolutely abuse them all game. Maybe put up 21 points in the first quarter, make them crawl their way back. Yeah, but uh, big thing yeah, coming I, into I, this game is really that Miles Sanders, the injury he's been dealing with the past couple weeks, huge part of that Eagles offense. I mean, everyone knows the Heisman out of out at wide receiver number six, Devontae Smith, and obviously Jalen Hurts at quarterback, but. Um, they're dealing with their fair share of injuries, you know, coming into playoffs. If guys are 70%, you expect them to play, at least give it a shot. And, um, but not Antonio like, Brown. Yeah, not necessarily Antonio Brown. You see what that dumbass said today? Didn't you say, like, that was, that was, uh, that unprofessional? was unprofessional and uncalled for? <laughs> shut your mouth. I hate that guy. Dude, he needs to just shut up. The, the thing is, Did is you- everyone keeps giving him public, like, Keeps publicizing what he's saying, like just. Stop well, yeah, he's making caring. money off of it. Did you yeah, watch the stop. note? Uh, did you watch the post end part about him? I saw the clips on it. I can't actually sit down and listen to that guy talk for an hour. I can't, he literally gives me a headache listening to him talk. Yeah, dude, you can't sit there and listen to him. It actually numbs my brain. I give the one dude credit for sitting right across from him, and AB says, "Who's the best wide receiver on Tampa Bay?" And he goes, "Well, I think it's a combination of all of you guys." And AB's yeah, Bob, just sitting Bob there like. AB sitting there like, come on, dude, you're a fucking idiot. And the guy's like, Yeah, I would have been like, yeah, actually, it's Mike Evans. But yeah, the guy, to... I, the guy wanted to say it's, it's Mike Evans. You could tell, but he was like actually scared. AB would have got up and knocked him out. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm not trying to influence your decision. Like, yeah, I'm going to tell somebody, I'm going to tell you somebody else on the team is better than you right in front of your face. Like, yeah, I'm going to say it's a combination of all of you guys. You all make each other better, which is true. You all make each other better, especially when you got the best quarterback ever throwing the ball to three elite receivers. That's another thing that's going to hurt the Bucks coming down to the uh, stretch here in the playoffs. Um, coming from someone that placed his futures on the Bucks going to the Super Bowl. Um, when they lost Godwin, that was a big loss for them. Brady's loved him over the past season and a half that he's been in Tampa Bay. And now that's just more attention coming to, coming to Mike Evans. And But you know how Brady loves to use his tight ends, as I've been saying, with all these quarterbacks really in the playoffs. You got to think that there's maybe a little correlation with that. Elite tight ends maybe really help your team win in both the blocking aspect up on the offensive line as well as in the receiving game, giving you an extra option. But the Bucks having Gronkowski and Brayton. And, um, is OJ Howard back yet? I don't know. That's a third tight end that could really help them out. Exactly. And it's just Tampa Bay overall. We know what they did last year. Um, Tom Brady, do you really want to bet against them in the playoffs? So, no, but I think you are going to see a, a lot, uh, Tom, a lot more frustrated this playoffs. I think you are too. That was a, that was a, that was a fully healthy Bucks team last year. Oh yeah, they had a lot going for them. They had no no weak points this year. They got injuries to deal with. I don't see them going all the way this year. So, um. Levante David, he was set to return, designated to return from the injured reserve today. Um, another one, what we were talking about, playoff Lenny, play, Leonard Fournette. The Bucks have designated Fournette hamstring for return from IR, and he did practice Wednesday. Um, That'll be see. big. Uh, same with Gio Bernard. They're getting players back for the playoffs. You had to, you had to think that was going to happen, but. Uh, Mike Evans, another one, full limit by 
full was limited by hamstring injury at Wednesday's uh, walkthrough today. So you got to think he'll be he'll be good to go. But who knows if that has that hamstring injury comes into effect? Yeah, we'll see. It'll be a big factor on uh, how this team does throughout the playoffs. And obviously, I'll be rooting for them in the NFC. As I said, I have a little futures bet on a little Super Bowl rematch, but. Not, I mean, I obviously felt a lot better about it a couple weeks ago before all this stuff happened with Tampa Bay, but with the Chiefs playing my Steelers, whoever wins that game is kind of who I'm rooting for in the AFC. We're still going to break down the props and all the stuff like that, but as far as the spread, I'm probably I'm, you know, I'm going to lean more towards Tampa Bay, but this is this is prime teaser opportunity for me to get the Bucks around a four-point favorite. Um. Tough spread, really only going to move four and a half points, get them at four, be five and a half, win by a field goal. So, but you know, I want to definitely want to look at the the touchdown score props. The as far as for this game, the the passing, receiving, rushing props are not out yet, but I am going to be able to get us the the touchdown scores, whether it be first or any time. So the favorite playoff Lenny minus one thirty five. FanDuel thinks he's playing and getting in the end zone, so I can see that happening. Another one, you know, he's done it before in the playoffs. Rob Gronkowski plus one twenty to get in the end zone anytime. I do like that. What was Mike Evans again? Mike Evans is sitting right in the middle. He's the second favorite plus one hundred five. I I think Mike Evans definitely finds his way into the end zone. I see, think he even maybe even gets to. I was going to say that's the thing is I could see I could see the Bucks either scoring. Maybe three, four touchdowns. One, one on the ground from from Fournette. Three in the. I could see a hat trick for Brady in the air. Evans, Gronk, and maybe you know he loves a random receiver like Brashad Perriman in the end zone. Cameron Bright. Where's he? Where's he at? Scotty Miller plus five hundred anytime. You know he loves those guys getting in the end zone. And you got to think that's because everyone's double covering Evans and Gronk. So. Brady's not scared to get the ball to these other guys. Um, not necessarily thinking I'd take it, but another interesting one is Tampa Bay defense. The I know they're injured, but you got to think maybe at some point the they could get a turnover in this game. But the the plus three eighty is tough on an any time for a defense. You like to see them sitting in the four hundreds or higher. Yeah, it's a little low for a defense. I definitely don't like the odds on that. If it, if the defense had Scotty Miller's odds, I'd be saying that's a that's worth a little play. The five hundred, but I don't know if the Fanduel is obviously not thinking OJ Howard has much of a chance in this game. The highest odds is to get in the end zone at plus eleven hundred. Back to what we were saying, if he's back, so it's looking like he's back, but will he get in the end zone? So it's tough. Yeah, he's definitely not playing then. Tom Brady plus five fifty anytime. Any value? Get out of here. Little QB sneak action. Has he ever done a QB sneak? I've never. I like. I I know he has, but like, it's he like probably ben, has that, like that game against the Titans when Ben had the rushing touchdown. It wasn't even a rushing touchdown. He just fell forward. He's six six, and he just <laughs> fell forward twice. They, dude, I've never seen him do a QB sneak that. It, in the past five years, he doesn't do QB sneaks. Obviously, with the age and the the elbow injury, but and then in that Titans game, I'm sitting there. My seats are on the ten yard line of that end zone. I'm sitting there like, 
oh my god, they're QB sneaking this. He doesn't get in, and they line up again. I go, they're QB sneaking this. And then this dude next to me turns around and goes, I hammered Ben, first team touchdown. I go, no, you didn't. He shows me a bet slip, plus 3,000 Ben, first team touchdown score. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Fucking insane. Quick three grand there for that guy. I was like, fucking rights, dude. Good hit, but... Imagine... Yeah, seriously. I'm not like that. I can't do that. Yeah, I can't. it's just like you 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 have to be willing to just light that hundred dollars on fire. <laughs> yeah, basically. You know, like I said, the the passing and all those props aren't out yet, but we can look at the the first half spread for this game. Do we think the Bucks might be up by more than a touchdown at half? A minus five and a half first half spread for the Bucks, sitting at plus one hundred. Oh, I love that. I do too. Minus five and a half. I think they can get out to a real, real early start. I think it could be 10, 13, nothing, 13, three at half, maybe a little higher, 17, 10. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I love I, I do. five and a half point. Yeah. What's really weird is Fandle has two listings for the first half spread. One is Bucks minus five and a half plus one hundred, and the other one is Bucks minus five and a half minus one ten. You gotta sh- you gotta shop smart here. See, you do your you do your uh, shopping around the sports books. You'll you'll find some. some shit. I just what's funny is the one first half spread is spell is first spelled out, then the other one is like a one st half spread. It literally means the same thing. Both are the same spread. Different odds. Weird. Someone's not doing their job right down there at the headquarters. <laughs> I like that first half, though. It's just tough, but I don't see the Eagles necessarily starting hot. I see it more of a comeback, and they could maybe backdoor cover that original spread of eight and a half or nine. Yeah, I definitely like that first half, minus five and a half. I, I really think there's a lot of value in that play. I think the Bucks get off to a real, real uh, quick start. Tom Brady's wants to get the just get it over with, not even make it a nail biter. Yeah. So uh, was, first half. I was gonna say maybe since, up by since we can't, um, since there's no player or passing, receiving, or rushing props, just for you know sake of a conversation, do you, do you have anyone that you love for the first touchdown? Not necessarily that you take, but anyone you want to um, know their odds or anything like that. Favorite being Fournette at plus five hundred. I'll give you the top three. Fournette plus five hundred. First touchdown. I was gonna say Gronk is the one I'm looking at at seven hundred. I liked his anytime, but what was he anytime? He was sitting nice on the anytime. With plus like one twenty. One twenty, yeah. So seven hundred, seven to one on the first. But it's just crazy to me that Le'Veon Bell is now a Buccaneer and AB just got cut. They basically have the Steelers All Star team from 2017, but. Uh, those guys heavy fell off, and yeah, they're not the same guys they were when they were on Pittsburgh. No, Le'Veon plus one ninety anytime. I don't see any value in that. Yeah, no, they don't give him the ball in those situations. He got one last week. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll you know how Tom, you know how Tom Brady always does that thing on his Instagram story where he posts like forty pictures from the game with all those corny ass captions. It was a picture of Le'Veon catching one, and it said, and here's one for the new guy. 
and he tagged. Le'Ve- I didn't know this either. It's just, Tom, it's just Tom telling people that he can do whatever the fuck he wants yeah, to do. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I could sign a dude off the fucking high school practice squad and get him a touchdown in the NFL. <laughs> and I, another thing, like the the players wearing single digits or wearing whatever number they want now is like, some of it's cool. Some of the guys take advantage of it. Like Le'Veon, you're you look stupid wearing number six. You were twenty six here. I don't know if it's available there, but like some running backs look so stupid wearing a single digit. It looks so much cooler on a receiver. I even really like like Parsons eleven. That's really sick for a linebacker. Yeah, definitely. Like yeah, Parsons I, does look really fucking cool. Like when I played in high school as a nose guard, I got handed a number six jersey, and I was like, "This is fucking sweet." As far as a pick, right off the bat, I'll I'll go Bucks with the points, but I like that first half spread more. I think there's way more value in that as I see the Eagles kind of starting slow, finishing strong in this game, uh, whereas I see the Bucks kind of playing a consistent game the whole way through. So I like the 8.5, but I love the 5.5 first half. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna give a pick for this game. I'm going to go 5.5 first half. I think there's a ton of value there. Don't see them losing this. You know, it's Tom Brady. Uh, and like I said, despite their recent struggles in the first half, playoffs, Tom, there's, they're not going to have that issue. Yeah, I agree. Can't bet against Tom Brady, especially in the playoffs. doesn't work. Unless they're playing the New York Giants. True that. Or Nick Foles. Yeah, or Foles. Or Big Dick Nick. Good stuff. Next, we have the Sunday 4.30 game. We have the San Francisco 49ers at the Dallas Cowboys. Got the Cowboys coming into this game, favorited at minus three, the money line at minus 166, and the over-under at 51. Cowboys are 3-10 and 10 against the spread in their past 13 playoff games. The 49ers are 10-1-1 one one against the spread in their last 12 games in January. Mackie, what do you think? Do you think the Cowboys can win here? Or even cover the minus three. I do not like those trends, Jesse. I'm sorry, sir. You know, you know, Dallas. Dallas has this rep of. Everyone knows what Dallas does in the playoffs in the past. This is a different Dallas team, back y'all. It's a different Dallas team. I know we've heard it a thousand times. This is a different Dallas team. There's no way this San Francisco team with Jimmy Garoppolo. You're doing the wrong thing. Go to Hollywood. All right. Nobody wants you in football. Cowboys are going to cover this three three point spread, three and a half point spread. They're going to move on to the Bucks, and they're going to deal with Tom Brady later. I'm, I'm, I don't know. This is definitely there's so much momentum going. This, this is team the, has so much momentum going into this game. Yeah, this is the hardest game to pick this week. They need it. I like Dallas money line. I really, I do. Uh, the minus one sixty, not much value. I'm more looking at maybe Dallas. Tampa Bay, get them together, plus 103, but that's me thinking Tampa Bay is a guaranteed win, but um, Dallas, I don't know, the three is tough. I might throw this in a teaser as well, maybe get them plus some points, and uh, that doesn't mean I don't think they'll win the game outright, but um, like you said, coming into this game, you know, we heard the stats for the Cowboys in the playoffs. We all know it, what they do, or what they've done in the past, but um, coming from someone not a Cowboys fan, this is a different team than we've seen in the past that I've watched in the past. You know, Dak, the year he had with 4,400 yards, 37 touchdowns, and 10 picks. 
Zeke the thousand yard season with ten touchdowns. CD Lamb eleven hundred yards with the six touchdowns. But um, you know you got to give credit where credit's due. Debo Samuel with with the the kind of question mark at quarterback coming into the season for the 49ers, taking Trey Lance in the top ten. He had fourteen hundred yards, six touchdowns, and that's has nothing against how many rushing yards the dude had. They used them all over the field. I think he is going to be a a challenge for Dallas, but um, Diggs, this is going to be a big test for him. He's gone up against big receivers all season. Um, this is going to be a big test for him to see what he can do on Debo Samuel. So, Debo's definitely the biggest threat on this team that uh, as me as a Cowboys fan is worrying about. For sure. He, uh, he can just do it all. You know, Anywhere on the field, he can get the ball, he can throw the ball, he can pass the ball. I was going to say, he can, do a tri- he can do a trick play and throw it. He's He's so athletic and such a good overall football player that you really got to make sure you know where number 19's at on the field for if you're at Dallas. At all times. And, you know, usually you need two guys to watch him. So yeah. it opens up the field for everybody else. But, you know, this Dallas, Dallas defense really proved himself this year. And, and they can get it done. Yeah. Um, Dallas coming into this one, a, bit, a win, a, a big win. Um, not necessarily a big-time game, but – the game in Philly, 51-26, two weeks before that, 56-14. This team can score at will. This offense, as I said, Dak with all the yards, the touchdowns, the slim interceptions, um, and he has the defense to back him up. So I think all the signs are pointing towards Dallas. I think with the trends Jesse said, I think we're going to see a lot of money going on the Niners spread. So um, even though it's just tough, FanDuel's telling me it could go three and a half. Um I do think a lot of people are going to be on the 49ers plus three, though, and I can see uh, Garoppolo struggling in this game. But like you, like we said, Debo is going to be the determining factor for if the 49ers have success in this game or not. Yeah, I think San Francisco puts up a good fight here. I think I think this is a good matchup. I like these two teams playing against each other. They didn't see each other in the regular season. You know, two good defenses. But, um, I don't know. I just think Dallas matches up really well against this team, and they're, they're at home. Cards are in their favor. I can get it done here. They've been in this position before. They're always, they've been favorites coming into playoff games with, you know, everyone. I mean, you're a Cowboys fan, and uh, I've even said it multiple times throughout our podcast in this season. So, I think Dallas is a different team this year. They have a shot at it. And they're gonna have a big test this wild card weekend on their home field. So um, we'll have to see what they can do. As far as the touchdown score props, it's coming in as uh, Zeke, the, the favorite, minus one thirty-five. Then you go to the running back for the 49ers. They like to use him, Elijah Mitchell, out of the backfield, sitting at minus one fifteen, uh, as well as Debo minus one fifteen. Those are the three minus odds guys. And then you go to C.D. Lamb plus one fifteen and Pollard plus one forty with Kittle plus one forty, as well as Cooper plus one forty to round out that that top five. Even though a couple of the guys are tied. Yeah, I think there's a good value in players like CD Lamb. You know, chances are CD Lamb's going to get into the end zone in this game. Zeke's always like a given, but his odds never really never worth give it. you a lot of value. They're never worth it. They're sometimes they are worth it sometimes, but like you said, the one thirty five is a little. Not too bad, but it's something I can't say I've never taken anything deeper on a 
anytime. Like I said, with the Jonathan Taylor stuff early in the year, minus 150, minus 160. It was just free money, so I was just taking it. But when he got to the 250, 300, I'm like, yeah, no way. <laughs> it's not even worth it. One that I'm looking at is I really like is um, obviously if if some if the 49ers are going to have success, they need Debo to get in the end zone at minus 115. Another one, Kittle. You know Garoppolo looks for him, the, the dominant tight end over these past couple years. I've, I, even when the question was in the air, Kittle or Kelsey, I was always on the on Kelsey, and I don't think the quarterback necessarily. It helps a lot, but true tight end skill, I think Kelsey has it all, but that's no knock against George Kittle. He's had some injuries throughout his career, and definitely we know who his quarterback is versus who's. Who's is Kelsey? So, but Kittle sitting at plus one forty on the anytime. Uh, I think there's some value in Kittle to get in the end zone. But like I said, someone that likes Dallas in this game, I don't know if I'll be taking a forty nine or anytime touchdown. Yeah, especially in a game like this, that could be pretty low scoring. Oh, I wouldn't throw money on any Niners player, but Kittle definitely is. Probably has the best value on that team besides Debo, but Debo is minus odds. So exactly, you like to see the plus on the on props for stuff like this to get in the end zone. Um, the first half spread for this game, since we don't have uh, what's it called the the all the other props, the fun props. We got Cowboys minus one and a half first half spread, minus one twenty, minus one and a half. Yeah. I can see that happening. What's the what's the money line on that? First half three way or just first half money line? Just just money line. First half money line is minus one sixty six, the same as the full game money line, which is weird. And the first half three way is minus one forty five, so you're almost better off just taking the taking the money line and not chancing the tie. Yeah, 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 definitely. Especially when the odds are a, a minus twenty one difference, uh, just just give me the normal money line in the first half. I don't see really any situation where the Forty ers lead in this game. I do think it could be close. I like Dallas to win this thing. Yeah, I just think it's pretty plain and cut. I think Dallas holds a not comfortable lead, but a steady lead throughout the entire game, maybe like seven to ten points, and um, they just get it done. Right on top. Yeah, I, I'm right with or with you on that. I think Cowboys are due uh, for a big performance in the playoffs, carrying some of that regular season success into the playoffs. But like Jesse said, with the spread bets, it's just tough. Uh, you know, with their recent history in the playoffs. But um, I'm gonna say it again: it's a different Cowboys team, and I think I just think a lot of people are gonna be on the 49ers for some reason with the success they had everyone loves that uh fade the cowboys thing um i don't know i like cowboys here kind of agree with you guys there cowboys i think is the smart move to go not a lot of value at 166 like you guys said maybe minus three is the way to go very excited for this next one got a lot of stuff to talk about the pittsburgh steelers at the kansas city chiefs Got the Chiefs coming in this game, favorited at minus 12.5. Money line at minus 770 and the over-under at 46. So the line opened at 12.5. This is the highest spread in a wild card game ever. 
Chicago and New Orleans closed at 11 last year. Steelers are 7-2 and two straight up in their last nine conference games. Steelers are 19-7-1 against the spread in their last 27 games as the underdog. And Kansas City is 5-0 and straight up in its last five at home. So I found this really interesting analysis of the Steelers. Thought I'd read it. The rest of the AFC has a chance to put away the zombie Steelers, but they have all failed. And so the godless monster ambles on and roaming the postseason countryside in search of a new host to feed upon. Will the Chiefs? Will it be the Chiefs who send the Walking Dead to a final resting place? Logically, yes. Kansas City is more equipped to handle this task, but many of us thought about that about the Ravens, Titans, and Browns. The Steelers are the creeping dread of the AFC playoff bracket, an uninvited guest whom no one knows quite how to get rid of. Couldn't explain it better myself. Do you have another staff for this game? All right, so it's kind of a, a reach, but in the last 25 years, teams that made the playoffs that had a negative plus-minus differential are 5-0 and straight up and 5-0 and against the spread in the wildcard game. And the and Steelers are falling that category. Yeah, and we had that conversation this morning where the Steelers, what did I say, plus 500 on the money line? I think it was 500 this morning. The spread didn't change, but the money line now going to 530. The Steelers, just to go with your stat that you just said. But coming from a Steelers fan, there's a lot of ifs going into this game. First thing is you got to look at the game, the way the Steelers played uh, that last game in Kansas City the day after Christmas. But since then, they've really found their ground uh, beating teams like a tough, tough Cleveland Browns team, despite their struggles this year, that was a tough game for the Steelers and actually their only win of the season by more than one possession. So that was a big game for uh, Ben, his last home game. Everyone kind of thought the Steelers should win that thing, and rightfully so. We saw the crazy line shift. Me and Jesse got him at plus three and a half. It ended up being Steelers minus three, covering both, obviously, but a lot of ifs coming into this game. I think all these questionable players will play. Um, we saw an injured Najee Harris last week with the elbow. He actually did not practice today. You got to think that's just rest for this this young running back that's going to have a heavy workload this Sunday night. Another thing, you got to Ben Roethlisberger is questionable for this game. There's no way he misses this game, so not yeah, okay, not too worried about him. So, but other than that, the Steelers are a pretty healthy team through and through. Not too many COVID issues. James Washington's out of this game with COVID. He's really the only one that I'm seeing as far as on the COVID protocol, but Millett, Arthur Millett, not a lot of people know him. He's He's been a, a fill-in player for the Steelers in the past and kind of getting a starting role this year at corner. He's going to be questionable for this game. You know, uh, Tomlin said today that he, he's in the concussion protocol, so it's looking like even though he has the question mark next to his name, uh, we could see him, we could not. That's I'm not saying it's a huge, huge loss for the Steelers. It's kind of a next man up mentality, as it's always been for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Just kind of playing that Steelers, the Steelers' way of defense and hitting hard, getting the ball on the ground, and getting turnovers. But going into Kansas City, everyone knows what the Chiefs have done in the past couple of years. Going to the Super Bowl last year, winning it the year before, a lot of things riding in the Chief favor coming into this game. Mahomes, the big season, despite the early uh, struggles on and finishing the year 12 and 5, as, as I expected them to, despite the early struggles. Mahomes with 4,800 yards, 37 touchdowns, and 13 picks. 
just to give a, a stack comparison, that old Cowboy Big Ben, 3,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, and 10 picks. Um, everyone said he's done, but he, he's still putting up the numbers and the, the ratio. He's, as he gets older, you know, we've turned into a more run-heavy offense, and that's, you know, due to the the young running back that we took in the first round, getting 307 carries, 1,200 yards, seven touchdowns, and the most impressive stat is he didn't fumble the ball once this year. So um, a lot of the things pointing in the Chiefs' favor. As a Steelers fan, it seems like things are riding. The refs are riding the Steelers right now. They wanted us to get in, it looks like. I don't know how the Jags won that game. I know the Colts, it was Wentz, and uh, Trevor Lawrence came to play that day, but it's looking like everything's pointing for the Steelers. I, I, I don't know. If I can full unit the money line, but I love the 12.5 underdog spread. I really do. I think that's worst-case scenario, Steelers lose this thing by 10. I, I 100% will not be betting on this game because no matter what I bet on Steelers games, I lose. So there's that, but I, I kind of disagree. I think that getting into the playoffs was Ben's Super Bowl and everything that led up to it, like that was Ben's Super Bowl. I think that that field goal that char- that um the Raiders hit on Sunday night was There's a reason they kicked it. I think that that was the end of it. I think that was the Super Bowl. Vegas Him called the and playoff. said, "We need you to kick this field goal." There's two. Did you see how much money Vegas would have lost if that game tied? Yeah, it was like a billion dollars. One point one billion dollars. Yeah, actually insane. The house always wins. But um, yeah, I just think that this this is the end of the road. I think this Chiefs come out and beat them by well over 14 points then again it it is big ben and he has done this to me a thousand times so i could be completely off here but if i had a pick chiefs minus 12 minus 12 and a half but i'm not gonna bet on this game yeah um i obviously and that's just a team that's coming into the playoffs hot um, not necessarily scoring a lot of points it's really going to come down to what the steelers defense can do in this game and if Big Ben can put up like seventeen points, if he can get there, yeah, exactly. Because you know, you know, Mahomes is going to get to twenty eight at least. Yeah, and that's the thing is, if if we can get a turnover or two, get Watt down, down pressure in Mahomes in the backfield, maybe get him to throw that ball a little early. But easier said than done. The Chiefs have a nice offensive line, but you know, it's also easier said than done to block TJ Watt, a guy who just tied the NFL sack record at 22 and a half or 20 and a half. I can't remember what the number is. I think it was 22. It was 22 and a half. Yes. Yeah, so Michael Strahan, 2001. Getting 22 and a half sacks in this day's NFL season, only playing 14 games in a 17 game NFL season. You know, we're seeing a lot of these guys break the records with the stats in the expanded season. He didn't even play a full 16, let alone 15. The limited games, he left four games by halftime. So you really could say he played 12 full games if you want to go there. But a crazy stat, a major props to him for getting that, for tying the sack record. He should have got it. We all know what happened on that forced fumble. I was, <laughs> I, I, that that was the worst part about that game. But Steelers won, Jags won, Raiders won. We're in the playoffs, so no one expected we'd be here right now. So you had a 2% chance going in on to Sunday. Yeah, no one expected we'd be here talking Steelers Chiefs and um last game in this situation Steelers going to Kansas City. I I had Kansas City with the points. I didn't think there was any chance that the Steelers were covering that game. 
Um, but I think in the playoffs, it's never been pretty for Ben. But as he said in his last interview after the Browns game, it's never been pretty. He finds a way to get it done. I don't know if he finds a way to get the win here. I think he ends his career. I hope not, but I think he, his career will end in Kansas City this Sunday night. Kills me to say it, but I hope he can get me one last cover. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. As far as some of the uh, the props, we'll look at the, the touchdown scoring props. All Chiefs in the top four anytime you got Tyreek Hill minus 155, a guy that uh, Steelers struggled with last time. Um, they've played him, but also Kelsey, he played in that game. Or who was out? I can't remember. Was it Kelsey or Hill? In what game? The Steelers Chiefs game three weeks ago. Was it? Ooh, One of them didn't you, play. I don't know. I wouldn't even I know. I think Kelsey played. Hill didn't. If I, I could be wrong, but now the, steel, the the big thing going into that game was who's going to guard Kelsey, who's going to guard Hill. I can't remember which one was in, but coming into this one, you got to deal with both of them. It's going to be a – the Steelers are going to have their hands full with this game in Arrowhead, one of the loudest stadiums to play in. But I've seen him do it before. I think he has the ability to cover these 12 points. I'd hate to say that I – I can't say I wouldn't be surprised, or I can't say I'd be surprised if they win this game, because I would, but I like the Steelers plus 12. I saw it the other day at 13.5 on FanDuel, so I actually this line actually opened. I saw 13.5 at one point. Might have been MGM, might have been FanDuel, but that 13.5, I liked it, the two touchdowns favorite. It was actually right after they set the lines for these games when the last play, when yeah, the last the week 18. Or uh, the the Bucks opened at minus seven too. Yeah, with seven and a half, we were talking last weekend. So, um, I think a lot of this game depends on Najee Harris's success. Everyone knows the Steelers don't have a great offensive line, but they've made it this far. I didn't think they'd be here. A lot of people didn't think they'd be here, but I'll I'll ride or die with my boys. Give me them plus twelve and a half. Got a lot of confidence in them. Like it. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, if it if it's a kind of play, if if they cover it, it wins me money. If not, I mean, I'm more watching Ben in his last game potentially as a Pittsburgh Steeler and this Hall of Fame career coming to an end. Like I always say, the two Super Bowls, all the all the accolades that line up whenever you look them up. But that's all I know as a Steeler fan. I I remember watching Tommy Maddox before Ben. I remember watching the game when I was I don't even know five years old when Ben came in in the. In the second, I think it was the second drive of the game, Tommy Maddox got hurt, and this young quarterback came in, and his first game was in Baltimore. His last regular season game was in Baltimore. So it's kind of a Cinderella story for Ben this year. I'd love to see him get a win here, but I'm going to give him the points. And this would kill my futures bet. So like I said, I, really whoever wins this game, I'm rooting for in the AFC. Yeah. Sounds good there. Yeah, I'm going to have to ride with their Huff on the plus 12.5 for the Steelers. I don't see the Chiefs blowing them out. It is a wild card game. So, I like that stat Mackie said. I do too. It's a reach, but I like giving them the points in that situation. Yeah, it's 25 years. <laughs> this makes me feel a little better. 
next game we got is the Monday primetime game, the Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams. Got the Rams coming in this game, favorited at minus four, money line at minus 194, and the over-under set at 49.5. The Cardinals' money line is at plus 162. Rams and Cardinals have both failed to cover the spread in four straight playoff games. The Rams are 3-7 and seven against the spread in their last 10 games as the favorite. And the Cardinals are 8-1 and one straight up and against the spread in their last nine road games. Mac, you want to start us out here? I know you have a good take on this game. Yeah, um, I just think that the better team wins this game, and it's going to be the Rams. I, I don't. The Cardinals have been struggling all the whole second half of the season. They haven't been getting any big wins. Their only big win was against Dallas, and... You know, you know Dallas, so but you know, this Rams team is stacked head to toe. They're gonna figure it out. The defense is gonna shut down Kyler Murray. They've already played each other twice. Usually when you when, when teams play each other third time of the season, the better team is gonna come out on top and you know, all call all, all cards on the table here. Rams are gonna win this game. Original look, I like the Cardinals with the points, giving them the points. I thought they they could keep this thing close. And then I've I've watched too many games where my Seahawks have played the Rams in the first round with with this elite defense they've had over the past couple seasons and I've seen Aaron Donald all the great players turn it on in the when it comes down to the playoffs but uh, you know you talk to the back to back defensive player of the year Aaron Donald he, he he should have a big day in this game I think the Rams defense is the difference here another huge factor is if Stafford can keep the ball in the hands of the receivers on the Rams and not maybe give it to the Cardinals like he likes to on maybe one or two times a game. But I think Cooper Cup has another huge game, 10 receptions, 120 yards, two touchdowns. Like The dude is unreal right now. Uh, a lot of teams can't really find an answer for number 10 on the Rams, but I think the biggest if coming into this game is how Matt Stafford plays. Uh, we've seen this, the success he's had all year with this Rams team coming over from Detroit, so... I like his chances to get his first playoff win here against the Cardinals. A divisional game in the playoffs, they always play a little different. My rule with divisional games is I like giving the points, but I, I don't really love either spread here. I think the Rams can win this thing by a lot, or it could be a field goal. So I, th- I see like 10 or more, or Cardinals cover this thing, but Rams win either way. Yeah, I agree. I think this could be a backdoor cover. But uh, I think Rams jump out early. They get get a big uh, first half lead, and then Kyler Murray just gives them a little life in the third quarter. But essentially, at the end of the game, the Rams just come out on top. You know, overpowering defense. Kyler Murray's not going to have anything anything to do with the ball. Cooper Cup's just been absolutely insane. We all know what he's done. Getting winning the um triple crown with the receptions, touchdowns, and receiving yards. You know, match average just throws him the ball. He'll make a catch. Yeah, and for the Cardinals, I saw something a couple weeks ago. They could be looking to get J.J. Watt back for this game. but That could be huge. Yeah, that could be big. They're hopeful that Watt could begin practicing tomorrow. So a lot of, that, a lot of this stuff on this game could change if we see number 99 in the lineup for the Arizona Cardinals. So another one that's questionable. He necessarily... He had some success here, went to a Pro Bowl with the Steelers and then went to the Cardinals and kind of found a second win for himself with a explosive offense with, with Kyler Murray and the rest of them with D-Hop. But 
James Conner, he's questionable for this game. Uh, he considers his, him day-to-day right now, saying that Wednesday that the running back will be tested at Thursday's practice. He's He has a rib and heel injury. Neither of those are good for a running back. You know, you always think of the knees for receivers, and you never want to see a running back playing with an injured foot or let alone ribs, a guy that's taken – he's going to get tackled if he gets the ball 15 times in that game, and any given tackle he could stay down. Yeah, you know, it's something you never really want to see, though, so. Yeah. But everyone else on the Cardinals, uh, Hopkins could be ready to come off injured reserve if the Cardinals advance to the no NFC Championship game. So, oh. um, but it's considered unrealistic any time earlier than that. So, um, I think, like you said, all the signs are pointing towards the Rams. I don't love the spread. Uh, I think it's more... Maybe Dallas Rams money line. I like that little two legger. Get that at yeah, get nice. that at plus one forty two. I really like that. There's a lot of value in that two leg. Yeah, I like that. Get some um, player props here. Yeah, I was gonna say. Let me pull this up. I, 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 it's it's annoying. The Saturday games have the the other props and stuff like that. But this one's actually gonna be a Monday Night Football playoff game for the first time ever. So national television for this game i mean they're playoff games so they're all going to be on tv but uh, everyone's going to be watching this game the last game to determine who moves on to the divisional round but anytime touchdown score cooper cup the heavy favorite at minus 175 i predicted the big 10 10 catches probably more than that 100 yards probably more than that and two touchdowns i don't know if he gets more than two touchdowns but um he's sitting at minus 175 anytime the second place man is going to be the the running back that came over from New England. That was a huge pickup for the Rams, with the loss of Cam Akers, Sony Michelle plus one hundred, and then you got to look at Eno Benjamin plus one twenty five, Odell plus one twenty, James Conner plus one twenty five despite the injuries, and Akers is actually plus one ninety five in this game. Well, I actually love James Conner at plus one twenty five. They give him the ball a lot. They really trust James Conner. He gets in the end zone a lot. He does. You know, anything goal to go, anything in the red zone, I, I really like his chances of getting in the end zone. There was a moment this year I was watching football at my cousin's house, and I lost. I had, like, a, a, a big teaser, like, hundred. I think I had, like, 150 bucks on this teaser, and it had the lines in it to cover, like, a huge spread, and it was one of the weeks they just got dogged. And uh, they my teaser ended up going, like, five and six, five for six, but... Uh, I've reached on a, a recovery bet, and it was James Conner to score the next touchdown, which ended up being the third touchdown of the game. I got him at plus 950, and that was a big hit for me. So he ended up getting that. It was that one-handed catch in the corner of the end zone, if you know which play I'm talking about. I do not. He's had some He's had some elite catches. They've, they've used him a lot in the passing game this year. He wasn't really known for that with the Steelers. He was more of a run hard, put his head down, and go straight into the pile, move the pile kind of guy. Even though he wasn't known as a bigger back, he runs hard. But, yeah, James Conner's made me some money this year with these anytime touchdown scores, and I really like him, plus 125 in this game. But I think the value I'm sitting at is maybe a little same-game parlay, get cup in there with maybe another guy and boost their odds a little higher. Yeah, cup's almost a good given. Yeah, I think there's no way Cooper Cup doesn't get in the end zone, so... I think you're safe if you pick any other anytime touchdown score and throw it with Cup for a little odds boost. 
Not a bad idea. Just for just for sake of what you said, I'll look at Cup, Connor. Look at Christian Kirk. Cup Connor is two seventy nine. And Cup did you say Christian Kirk? Plus two hundred. Cup and Kirk. That's an interesting little parlay. Cup and Kirk sitting at plus four oh three. Kyler Murray loves Christian Kirk now that now that he doesn't have D Oh yeah. He's like he he's, he's liked the ball. Yeah, he's been consistently throwing the ball to him. Uh Kirk without this par too, without this parlay, Kirk sitting at plus two hundred. So I think there's value at Kirk by himself. But um yeah, like I said, yeah, I, th- I wasn't I wasn't thinking in the parlay. Yeah, but like straight up, if you can double any like you little literally double his odds taking adding Cooper Cup, you get him at plus four oh three. Yeah, I, I, can like see, I can see Cooper Cup first touchdown, but it's also iffy. They get down near the end zone. I can see him sliding Sno- Sony Michelle in there. I don't like betting first touchdown because, you, you know, just a, there's no real, like, there's logic, no logic to it. There's no logic in it. You could say there's logic to, like, in any time, but, like, first touch, first touchdown, you know, it's just, like, you're betting on who, we won't give him play. Yeah, you're betting on your team getting the ball first. I mean, usually the team that scores the first touchdown, they don't always get the ball first and always score on the first drive, but... It's just you're. I mean, it could be a kick return first first play of the game, uh-huh. and you lose right there. Yeah. Obviously, unless you have the Arizona Rams special teams, but you know what I mean. Who's but <laughs> yeah? No one bets that first touchdown. It would have hit a couple times this year. Stafford against the Ravens through the pick six, first touchdown. Ravens defense. Uh, the one week that I loved it and didn't do it was Dolphins first touchdown defense against Ian Book. It was like plus 800, and I didn't do it. It was so stupid. It was only 800. That was what scared me away. I was like, okay, they know something. It might have been 1,000. It might have been plus 1,000. I, th- I don't think I've ever seen a defense first touchdown under uh, plus 1,000. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Cooper Cup first touchdown sitting at plus 500. I don't like betting, betting first touchdowns, and I don't like betting defensive touchdowns. So yeah, that would never be me. Yeah, that's more if you're just looking to have some fun on the game, maybe get lucky on something. If not, you can't expect those to hit, but if they do, it's obviously great return. Uh, you just got to pick and pick your wins and losses, hopefully, but you can never expect the first touchdown to hit. You got to go into that saying this has maybe at best a 20% chance of actually happening. If it does, you get a big payout, but I can't say I don't do it. I've hit my fair share of first touchdowns. I've also lost my fair share of first touchdowns, so... You gotta be expecting to lose it. Exactly. Like the dude, when I see on Instagram that on like a Tuesday morning or a Monday morning, some dude that hit four first touchdowns in a parlay, it's plus like sixty six thousand. I'm like, wh- I don't even know what to say to that. I'm like, why? How do you like? How do you wake up and decide that? Like, what? Yeah. What makes you do that? I did it the one time. Give me those. Give me those picks. I did it the one time with a free bet. I had a free like twenty five dollar bet. I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm gonna try to win like seven hundred, eight hundred dollars off of this. So I did mix in someone else. I think it was a game. I think I did Pollard maybe and someone else, and I fucking went two for three. And the last one, the dude, I think he didn't even play in the game, or he played like a drive and got hurt. So it's like. You always take that chance. You know what I mean? But yeah. That's the closest so I've, ever, I've ever gotten on a parlay for that. But, um, yeah, like I said, you like we said, you got to expect to lose those first touchdowns, but when they hit, they're nice. So um, another thing coming into this game, we'll talk, the fir- we'll talk that first half spread since we broke it down for all the other games that 
Um, didn't have the passing and props like that. Rams, first half money line, non-three-way is minus 186. Cardinals, plus 152. With the three-way, you can get the Rams at minus 160. I think this one has more value at not tying than the previous game that we were talking about. But the first half spread, Rams by a field goal, the two-and-a-half, sitting at minus 130. Yeah, I think there's good there's good value in that. I think the uh the Rams should have a should have a lead this entire game. So going into half, they should they should be able to cover two and a half point spread. Yeah, I think the Rams will be able to cover the explosive plays that Kyler Murray is able to do, uh, like the deep balls, the Kirk that you know are coming, uh, things along those lines. But I do like the Rams to win this game, um, and the minus four is tough. It looks like we could be seeing a minus three and a half. Uh, for the Rams, so uh, definitely stay tuned. I think a lot of money is heading towards the Cardinals' way with the way people think Stafford's going to throw 16 interceptions in this game and just hand the hand the game to the Cardinals. So um, Rams are one of the best defenses in the NFL. They have been the past couple of years. They've had, the, like I said, the back-to-back defensive player of the year. Um, it's hard to bet against a defense like that. So um, give me the Rams here to win this thing. I don't love the spread right now, but it's looking like it's coming in the favor I want it to. So it's another one you're going to want to stay tuned to the Instagram and the TikTok to see who we're going with. But actually, since we talked about it, the uh, there wasn't a spread change, but the odds did change. Uh, Philly at Tampa Bay, it's now looking like uh, plus 8.5 for the Eagles is minus 114, whereas when we were talking about it, the minus 8.5 was 114. Not a huge change, but it's kind of can show you maybe we might be seeing minus eight instead of minus nine. Yeah, it's uh, definitely big news for where that line's going to move. Yeah, I mean, we talked for two minutes about how we could see the Bucks minus nine, minus nine and a half by kickoff. Um, it's looking like this thing might sit right around eight and a half with the way the money's going to, I think, go. I think obviously you're going to have the people like us who say you can't bet against Brady in the playoffs, but. Mackie, we both said it. There could be a backdoor cover by the Eagles to cover and lose this thing by eight. They're definitely not going to put it past them. Guess you want to take it away for a little bit. And another thing I'm seeing after that uh, little odds change in the Philly-Tampa Bay game, the spread not changing, but like I said, the odds did change. Uh, Looks like we could see a minus eight for Tampa Bay. As I scrolled up to the Raiders-Bengals, Raiders are now a plus four and a half underdog. Bengals minus four and a half, so minus two twenty-five on the money line still. But that spread did change a point uh, since we talked about it. So I'm starting to like the Bengals with the points a lot more. Good stuff. I'm really excited for this week. All right, we're gonna add another little segment here on the pod, going over everyone's favorite minus spread, favorite underdog spread, favorite underdog money line, and favorite player prop of the week. Not necessarily our picks, but just kind of our favorites. Getting some more info about the games in. Mackie, you want to start? Uh, we'll let Huff start with this one. I'll start us off here. I think my favorite minus point spread is going to be probably uh, kind of picking iffy between Dallas minus three and the Rams minus four. But now that that Bengals line is dropping a little bit, that's kind of tempting, but I'm going to go with the Rams minus four as my favorite uh, favorite spread. Uh, as far as my favorite underdog spread that probably will be on my card is the Steelers at the, the double-digit underdog. I think they have an ability to lose this game by 10 or less. My favorite underdog money line is going to be 
the New England Patriots, plus 172. I think there's a lot of value in that, but I'm going to be giving them the points. And my favorite prop of the week is probably going to be a Jamar Chase anytime touchdown score, minus 105. Now plus 100. I love it even more. Nice picks, nice picks. All right, so for my um my my spread my favorite spread, I'll go with Dallas minus three. I think they get it done. Then for my um for my money line underdog, I'm gonna go with the Patriots. Right, what what's their plus plus one seventy? We we're in agreement on the underdog money line. Yeah, Patriots plus one seventy two. For my favorite underdog spread, I'm gonna go with the Raiders plus five and a half. I think they get it done here. And then my favorite player prop, C.D. Lamb, anytime touchdown score. What was he, plus 130? 115. C.D. Lamb, plus 115. And for my favorite minus spread this week, I'm going to go with Bucks minus 8.5. My favorite underdog spread, I'm going to go with Steelers plus 12.5. And I'm going to follow with my boys' favorite underdog money line with the Patriots at plus 172. My favorite player prop, I'm going with something fun. Gronk, anytime touchdown, plus 125. I think he can make it happen. I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah, like we said, those aren't necessarily picks. Just a little uh, segment that we wanted to kind of introduce as we get into less games to talk about. I know we went way more into depth with each game, uh, talking things like the player props and the first half spreads and things like that. But we'll keep track of these. These will not be against our records per anything, but... Unless, obviously, they end up on our card. But we'll keep track of this kind of stuff as we go move on to the end of the NFL playoffs. Just kind of something we wanted to introduce. But definitely stay tuned to the Instagram at the hitthebooks.pod. The TikTok, we're very active on the TikTok lately, kind of jumping on that uh, for a lot of NHL plays, a lot of college basketball plays, maybe some NBA. We're definitely going to be doing the, the wild card weekend picks on TikTok as well. So, You'll be seeing those on there. Get the follow on Twitter. We're on all social media, so give us a follow on everything. You'll be seeing the, the picks throughout whatever your favorite form of seeing them is, the, whether it be the TikTok, Twitter, or the Instagram. So definitely give us you know the follow, show your support, but hopefully we can make you some money this weekend, wild card weekend. It's going to be tough, but I think I think we made some good picks, definitely had some good football talk this week. Six games coming in, wild card weekend. Let's go. Let's make some money. I'm ready. Go, boys. Got a lot of good stuff planned for the playoffs and especially the Super Bowl. Even more coming after the NFL season. Really excited for it. Make sure you tune in, share with your friends, and always remember to hit the books. Thanks for coming. See you next week. And that's going to do it for us here on this episode of Hit the Books Podcast. Be sure to check us out on our various social media platforms. Instagram at hitthebooks.pod, Twitter at hitthebooks underscore pod, website at hitthebookspod.com for all the latest on Hit the Books. And be sure to always study hard. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLING.